Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. The brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Raiders Wire editor, Marcus Mosher. All right, it's about that time to kick off another season of Las Vegas Raiders football. Marcus, you ready for a slate of games this Sunday? Yeah, I am, but it still sounds weird to say Las Vegas Raiders. It's going to take me a couple weeks to get used to it, but we'll get there. Man, you've been doing all kinds of reporting on this team, especially over the last few days on the practice squad, right? These practice squad Mm -hmm. trackers have have been on fire with the USA Today wire sites. Everybody's interested this year in what's going on because we don't have a preseason. Everyone wants to know, like, who's on the team? Let's lead off right there. Like, what is your lead thoughts on... The Raiders, their their final fifty three man roster. I know there was some interesting things with uh, you know them making a decision with the rookie Lynn Bowden Jr. Maybe you can touch on that a little bit. You know what's what's your uh, impressions? Yeah, it's been an interesting year for the Raiders. Uh, two of their third round picks and Lynn Bowden and Tanner Muse. Uh, once they got to camp, I think the Raiders pretty much realized right away that neither of those guys were going to be fits. Uh, so they traded away Lynn Bowden to Miami. Uh, Tanner Muse went on the injured reserve list with a quote-unquote toe injury. Uh, I'm not sure how real that is or not, but uh, yeah, I I just think those two players specifically came into camp and, you know, they just weren't ready to play, uh, and the Raiders had to make some adjustments. They've made a ton of roster moves since Saturday afternoon. Uh, I still think they're working to try to find their best 53 players, uh, but with this huge practice squad of being able to carry 16 guys, uh, I think they're eventually going to find it here before week one. You you just hit on it. I think there's a lot of that game within the game going on. Guys going on IR with phantom injuries because they can come back in, what, three weeks. Yeah, they I've just seen, have to miss three games. Yep. Seeing that all over the league. Honestly, there's some there's some guys going on IR where I'm like, what? What is going on there? Yeah, I think it's changed a little bit in years past where, you know, a guy that had to go on IR with an injury that would cost him most of the season. Now it's a little bit of game gamesmanship, right? If you can throw a guy on there for a few weeks, to keep another player, uh, I think that makes some sense as well. But in the case of somebody like Tanner Muse, listen, I, I don't think he was good enough to even be on the 53-man roster. So it was, the Raiders had a decision whether to just outright cut him or put him on the injured reserve list. And uh, that's, that doesn't sound very good for a, a third-round pick that you made this season. Now, nah, we, we were talking about a new era of uh, Raiders football being in Vegas. How about a new era for the Carolina Panthers, right? With Teddy Bridgewater here, now with the Panthers. Cam Newton, obviously, is a Patriot. The Panthers have this really interesting overhaul on defense where they literally they, they made seven selections in the draft, all of them <laughs> on the defensive side of the football. You know, what, what's your leadoff take on this matchup? The Raiders going up against Teddy Bridgewater, going against this really, really young defense as well. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think Carolina is one of the teams I'm the most anxious to see. They hired new offensive coordinator Joe Brady, who came over from LSU. Uh, obviously, he did some fantastic things with Joe Burrow last year in creating a wide-open offense. Uh, I'm curious to see how Teddy Bridgewater fits into that offense because he's been traditionally you know, a quarterback who doesn't make a lot of aggressive throws, doesn't throw the ball down the field a ton. Uh, he's more of a dink and dunk quarterback, similar to Derek Carr, uh, but now he's going to be at a wide open offense with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So uh, there's a lot to be excited about there. I, I think that's going to be an up-tempo offense, and it's going to be interesting to see how that meshes with the Raiders on offense, who very, very much want to be a ball control, two tight end offense with a lot of fullbacks uh, on the field. Uh, it, I think this is going to be a really intriguing week one game between the Panthers and Raiders. We're going to dive into it deeper, but before we you know, get too crazy into the game, there is some kind of breaking news over the last couple of days in the AFC West with Von Miller getting hurt. I know there's a story up on the Raiders wire. Von Miller is the heart and soul of the Broncos, right? What does that do to division? What does that mean for the Raiders? Maybe that maybe they get another win that they might not have gotten otherwise, right? I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, so here's the thing. Kansas City controls the division by so much that Absolutely. everybody else is everybody else is just fighting for that second place, right? And I think between the Raiders, Broncos and Chargers, one injury like that could potentially swing who finishes second and who finishes fourth. Uh, the Raiders had some success against the Broncos last year. Um, you know, they're they're all three of those teams are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. Remember now, there's three wild card spots in each conference. Could an injury to like a Von Miller be enough to knock the Broncos down from eight and eight to six and ten? I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Absolutely not. No, I, I think there's there's a chance that could have a ripple down effect. I mean, he, you know, he's the heart and soul. It's not like he had a huge year last year anyway. I think he only had eight sacks last year, but still, he is he is the man. <laughs> He yeah, and to suffer that injury, you know, just a couple days before the season starts is absolutely brutal. It's not like they've had all of training camp to prepare and to get ready for it. Now, you know, they're into their game plan for week one. And now going into the Wednesday, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're scrambling to try to find a pass rush, uh, you know, in their first game. So just a, a tough, tough loss to the Broncos. No, no doubt about that. And then for people trying to set their fantasy lineups uh, this week without really knowing what the hell's going on, you're just kind of going ba- based on that name recognition. Uh, what do you think about Carr? I mean, I, Carr might have went undrafted in a lot of leagues, but maybe a flyer against this Carolina defense because nobody knows what this Carolina defense is going to look like. I think Luke Keekley is in the in the front office or something now for Carolina. Yeah. He's not out there, so maybe maybe you could you know if you end up like if you're like me and you end up with Joe Burrow as your starting quarterback on your fantasy team, which is which is what I ended up with. Maybe Derek Carr is someone you look at. Maybe he could maybe he lights up the Panthers. Yeah, I actually think both Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr are good plays this week in DFS. This is going to be. A, a fairly high scoring game. I don't think either of these defenses are particularly good, especially not, you know, at this point of the season. There's just a lot of turnover for both sides. Speaking specifically about Carr, yeah, I do like this matchup quite a bit. The Raiders' offensive line is completely healthy. Carolina is going to struggle a little bit to get pass rush. Now, they do have some guys on the defensive line that can create pressure in Brian Burns and Uter Gross Matos, who they drafted in the second round. But I would think Carr is going to be protected well. Uh, he's going to be able to find Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro across the field. I'm not sure it's going to be a huge volume game. I don't necessarily expect 300 yards passing and three touchdowns, but very effective, very efficient, probably around 200, 250 yards, a couple touchdowns, uh, and the completion percentage probably in the 70s. So if you're looking for a cheaper quarterback to play in DFS or if he's on your waiver wire in your hometown league, 
yeah, don't be afraid uh, to start Derek Carr this week. Here's some more fantasy news coming up. We'll be right back on the Raiders Wire podcast. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com. Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about three fantasy options that I can't wait to play in week number one. Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Gardner Minshew, he doesn't have a running game to speak of, and he's probably going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep Jacksonville even remotely close in this one. Volume alone should keep him in the number one range for quarterbacks, but it might not be pretty in terms of turnovers. Sticking with that same matchup on the other side of things, Marlon Mack, Jacksonville has lost just about everyone of note on defense in the last year or so. This was one of the best fantasy matchups for running backs last year, and one can make an argument that this team has regressed. Mack was good for 16 and 19 fantasy points, respectively, in PPR last year, and he's not even a receiving type back. Jonathan Taylor will take some touches, but Mack should be able to get his, too. And the Seattle-Atlanta matchup has DK Metcalf poised to be one of the top receivers of the week. He scored twice last year against them, accounting for two of his seven touchdowns on the season. Seattle should be a little bit better on the back end, but rookie cornerback A.J. Terrell will make his first pro appearance, and Metcalf can probably have his way with him. In week number one, don't get too cute. Trust the guys who you drafted highly. Don't try to take too many gambles and take chances where it's smart. Continuity probably will be the biggest factor in success entering the season. For more fantasy football tips and advice, check out thehuddle.com, part of the USA Today Sports. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Network. It doesn't matter what our record is, whatever. No one's going to put more pressure on me than I do. And the people closest to me know that. Um, James, you know, you, we played together. You know that. Um, and what's nice about this is I got a group of guys around me uh, that, that are trying to take a lot of pressure off of me. They say it every day, you don't got to do it by yourself. We got you. You know, or the, you know, little things like that where teammates will say, hey, just throw me that ball. I'll make that play. Don't worry about it. You know, and uh, it's a comforting feeling, you know, uh, you know, since uh, we got into training camp, you know, there's no added pressure. There's only added pressure from people that don't know what's going on. But, you know, from our team, the only thing we're thinking about is improving, right? We, you know, Coach Gruden's first year won a few games. Then last year we improved drastically. And this year we want to improve drastically again. So as long as we're continuing going up and making a run now at the playoffs and trying to win a championship, we feel in our building that we can do that. Uh, but we have to go prove it and we have to go do it. But that's kind of where our feelings at. You know, my, my, my focus is way too much on my job and uh, what I have to do every single day as a leader and as a quarterback, you know, uh, the wins and all that kind of stuff will take care of itself if everyone does their job. All right, Marcus, obviously that's quarterback Derek Carr. We talked last week about how big of a season this is for him. And I just think if he plays well and the Raiders go on and, and beat this Carolina team on the road to start the season, that's that's a great start for them. You know, they're obviously they're trying to get into the playoff pitcher and they're trying to stay in it. And I think that'd be a great sign if they can start fast. You know, look out. Maybe the Raiders are on to something here. Yeah, I think so. I, I love what Carr said about not trying to do too much. Um, you know, they've built an offense around him, you know, with the West Coast offense where the goal is to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands as quick as possible and into the hands of the playmakers. 
Uh, Darren Waller is somebody who can make a ton of plays after the catch. Henry Ruggs, uh, despite his 4-2 speed, really isn't a downfield threat. What he is is a guy that can take a short pass and can take it 70 yards for a score. So I think Carr is right and not going to try to do too much this year. And if he can really embrace that and, you know, just be a hyper-efficient quarterback and get the ball to his playmakers, I do think this this offense has a chance to be pretty good this year. And, again, if they can get past Carolina in week one, they've got a pretty tough schedule coming up after that. But they need that first win to get off to a hot start. Uh, and then we can see what happens. Yeah, I think, I think it's a huge opportunity. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the Panthers' defense being revamped. The Raiders have a kind of a new-look defense a little bit too, right? Added some different players, a few key additions. Corey Littleton, I think, was a good add. What do you think about them, though, going up against the uh, the beast, Christian McCaffrey? I mean, they're going to put the ball in his hands a lot if, if last year was any indication. Yeah, so for the last decade, the Raiders have struggled to find any sort of competent linebacker play. They've cycled through veterans and uh, guys that were way past the peak of their prime. So they went out and spent money on Corey Littleton and a Nick Kaskowski from Chicago uh, to hopefully shut down players like Christian McCaffrey. Now, that's an awfully tough task for your first game with the Raiders is st- stopping you know one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. I, I, I think McCaffrey's certainly going to get his in this game. Uh, the thing with the Raiders is they can't let seven-yard receptions turn into 40-yard plays. If they can force Carolina to have to methodically move the ball down the field, I think they'll be okay. Uh, but we've seen in the past under Paul Gunther that big plays, explosive plays have been their Achilles heel. Keep an eye out to see how those linebackers deal with uh, some of the underneath routes in this week one matchup. I do love McCaffrey. Last year, you could tell he bulked up, and that just was a game changer for him. He got, got mm-hmm. a little stronger, and man, he is fun to watch. Yeah, the Raiders are going to have to figure him out. And then when they do have the ball, if they can get a lead, I do know last year the Panthers were an absolute sieve against the run. They couldn't stop anyone on the ground. I think teams averaged over five yards per carry on them. So maybe an opportunity for Jacobs and company, unless unless the Panthers have shored that thing up. We don't know, obviously. We'll, well, that's we'll why they went out. and drafted Derrick Brown, right? They go, drafted right. Derrick Brown to help stop the run now. Relying on a a rookie, yeah, exactly. As good as he is, relying on a rookie to help stop the run with the run with their inexperienced linebackers—that's that's going to be a tall task. But I think you're right. I I think if Oakland or excuse me, Las Vegas, (laughs) how many times are we going to we're going to do that all year, (laughs) All, all, all year long? If Las Vegas can build a lead, and I think anytime this game is within seven points, the Raiders are going to run the ball a ton. I fully expect Josh Jacobs to get 22, 24, 25 carries in this game, and they can run the ball as well as any team in the league. So expect, expect, expect uh, Josh Jacobs to have a monster game here against the Panthers. I love it. I, like I alluded to earlier, the Raiders are favored. We're going to talk about by how much and maybe why coming up here on the Raiders Wire podcast. <laughs> It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast, and I'm joined by Jeff Clark, my colleague at SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. And here's what you need to know about the week one matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is plus 145 on the money line with New Orleans Saints favored at minus 176. Jeff, which side of that do you like? 
I'm on the Saints. I'm on the favorites, minus three and a half. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm big about their offensive continuity. Their offensive line is going to be able to hold up against uh, what should be a pretty good Tampa Bay Buccaneers pass rush. I'm not sold in the Buccaneers secondary right now, and how can you not be sold in the passing attack of the Saints? Hey, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Rob Gronkowski, let's go. All-star underdog team, plus 145, locking that in week one, a big upset in NFC South. Check out Sportsbook Wire for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to Bet Slippin' Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The line for this game, Raiders are on the road. I don't know how much the road factors in on the betting line this year because there's no fans in the stands, but the Raiders are on the road favored by three and a half. So it's not three. They're getting that extra half point. You know, why Why do you think the Raiders are favored in this game on the road? Is it just because of the uncertainty on the Panther side of the ball with all their new players? Yeah, that has to be it. Now, if this game was in Las Vegas, that would transition into about a eight or nine point line. That seems a little high for me. But again, with so much uncertainty with the new coaching staff, with Matt Rule, uh, with a new quarterback, with no Luke Keekley, I just think there's a lot of uncertainty in Carolina. And I think odds makers, I mean, as, as inconsistent as the Raiders can be, at least we have a baseline of what we think they're going to be on offense and defense. Uh, it, it's a strange line, but it's not it's not crazy to me. I, I think it does make sense. I do expect the Raiders to win this game. Uh, and if they do win, it's not going to be by a bunch. They're not going to blow out Carolina. But three to four points seems about right. So that half point's a little scary then. That, that would give you pause, right? Because I could see the Raiders winning this game on a field goal. Yeah, and just taking a home dog anyway scares me a little bit, you know, sure. especially when you're getting three and three and a half points. But, uh, yeah, I, I expect this to be a close game. And for those people that are watching on Red Zone, I, I fully expect this to be one of the ones, you know, four o'clock Eastern time to, to be on the, one of the main screens as we're coming down to the last few plays. So expect a close one, but I do expect the Raiders to ultimately get the win here. Yeah. How many points do you think are going to go on the board? The over under is 47 and a half, and that's always a tough number. You know, that, that's a hard one. That, that one's tough. Uh, you know, sometimes when it's closer to 40, you can kind of hammer the over and, you know, sometimes it can signal things if it's over 50, but 47 and a half is a tough one. Yeah, that's tough because I do think Carolina is going to put up points in this game with the Raiders defense. But uh, I, I just envision a game in which the Raiders have a bunch of long drives. Again, if Josh Jacobs is getting 20 plus touches in this game, uh, the clock is going to run quite a bit. So I actually like the under a little bit this week. I think the over is going to be the play that uh, a lot of new betters are, are taking in this one because of how bad the defenses were last year. Uh, but I think the under makes sense this week. Maybe unders across the board this week with no preseason, teams kind of figuring it out. Like Thursday night, Chiefs-Texans, I know the over-under is, is over 50 for that one. It's like 53 or 54 or something. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's really low scoring to start. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, it, it could how, get ugly. well how, much, how much do we worry about the tackling? Because that's Seriously. that's the only thing that pauses me a little bit on taking the under across the board. I, I think you know we're used to at least seeing these guys you know hit a little bit in preseason are we going to just see a bunch of points scored in week one with these teams? A lot of teams not 
you know, tackling at all in training camp uh, with very few padded practices. Is, is that going to be an issue across the NFL this week? Exactly. And Marcus, how much football are you going to be watching this weekend between Thursday, Sunday and Monday? I probably won't leave my couch. I'll probably be just glued there all week long. I feel like the NFL did something right because I am uh, I'm really fired up. I can't I can't wait to watch some football, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Gonna be yeah, fun. and then when you combine when you combine basketball in there with some NBA seriously. playoffs, oh, it's it's a great uh, sports weekend. It seriously is. So uh, I can't wait. Next week we'll have a game to break down. We'll be able to talk Raiders, Panthers, and, and break it all down. I'm looking forward to it. Marcus, have a great weekend, my man. Enjoy. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Raiders Wire podcast. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.